Clarissa, you may begin. Good evening. My name is Clarissa Pickens, and I will be your moderator for this evening's class. Welcome to another lecture given by members of the Southfield, Michigan class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denomination, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield, Michigan class was established in 1997. At this time, I would like to introduce to you the Dean, Dr. Marvin Lewis, and the President, Dr. Edward Yule. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means that Elohim is the title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia will prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any letters or characters in their alphabet that will produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of the Heavenly Father and His Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit. And in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, 
everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man cannot perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word of son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Joshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also at this school, we teach by a divine pattern of the universe. It is called a divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place, and court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. <laughs> the constitutional objectives and our aims of the Institute are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity and Yahshua the Messiah without the distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, past, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, for Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained. There is no other name given among men whereby men can be saved saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah, and 10th, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope 
of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. And at this time, we'll have a prayer by the president, Dr. Edward Yule. Our scripture lesson this evening will be Proverbs 8th chapter, and that will be read by Dr. April Lewis. Good evening to the class and all those attending. Let us all bow our hearts and mind and thank Yahshua the Messiah for giving us a hope of immortal glorification in his body. We want to be thankful for the things that are taught by the Holy Spirit in spirit and in truth. All the things that we know we should hold fast on that are righteousness in Yahshua Messiah and he's given witnesses to his glorification and that he's done the job that can save us all from uh, our damnation and sins in the world. Let us be thankful for the things that he's taught us and will continue to te teach us in this class. And let's hold fast to those things again. Trust and put all your faith in Yahshua Messiah, who is our only hope of glory. Let us all say hallelujah. 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 Good evening, class. This evening's scripture lesson will be Proverbs, the eighth chapter. And I will be reading from the Holy Name Bible, containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts. Revised by A.B. Trainer, the Scripture Research Association. That's Proverbs, the eighth chapter. Doth not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice? She standeth in the top of high places, by the way in the places of the paths. She crieth at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming and in at the doors. Unto you, O man, I call, and my voice is to the sons of man. O ye simple, understand wisdom, and ye fools, be ye of an understanding heart. Hear. For I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my lips shall be right things. For my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the, world, all the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing forward or perverse in them. They are all plain to him that understandeth, and right to them that find knowledge. Receive my instruction and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of Yahweh is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy in the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, kings reign and princes decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me, yea, durable riches and righteousness. 
My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness and in the midst of the paths of judgment, that I may cause those that love me to inherit, inherit substance, and I will fill their treasures. Yahweh possessed me in the, be in the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While as yet, as had not made the earth, as, I'm sorry, while as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there when he set a compass upon the face of the depth. When he established the cloud above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree and the water should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the inhabitable, inhabitable part of his earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. Now therefore hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor of Yahweh. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. That was Proverbs 8 chapter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. I'd like to say good evening to the class once again. Our scripture readers for this evening will be Drs. Felicia Hamilton and Dr. Brandon Craig. And for our first speaker, for our first speaker, I'm happy to call on Dr. Brandon Craig of our Mich of our Lansing, Michigan class. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, I'd like to say good evening to the class. And I'm very happy to be here with the brethren to learn and know something more about the creator Yahweh Elohim through the son Yahshua Messiah. And to start out, I just want to say that we wouldn't know anything about this teaching. And that's truly what this is, it's a teaching. And it comes directly from the creator himself, Yahweh Elohim. We wouldn't know anything about this teaching if it weren't for the fact that Yahweh Elohim himself saw fit to give a divine vision and revelation of himself to Dr. Henry C. Kinley in the year 1931. And Dr. Kinley uh, 
taught some 45 years in the flesh. And Dr. Kinley's charge to anyone who would listen was, don't believe me because I told you, but make me prove it until you're satisfied. Now, that's what we're here is we're satisfied, but we know that Yahweh seeketh such to worship him in spirit and in truth. So that's what we are here to do is to learn. We're not here to worship. And I want you to go ahead and get uh, John 4 and 24. Mm -hmm. Read it, please. Yes, that's John 4 and 24. Mm -hmm. Yahweh is spirit. Now, Yahweh is spirit. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that Dr. Kinley uh, labored to teach through Yahshua, well, Yahshua Messiah, through Dr. Kinley, was that Yahweh the Father is spirit. And one of the things about this teaching that's important to understand is the unity of the spirit. Now, you're not going to find the word Trinity anywhere in this Bible. But you're going to find the word unity several times. Because why? Because Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua, these three are one, a unity. Go ahead and read, please. Yahweh is spirit, mm -hmm. and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now it says Yahweh is spirit, and it says they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It doesn't say anything about getting on your hands and knees. It doesn't say anything about worshiping with hands. Now if you go back to um, Acts, the 17th chapter, it says that Yahweh doesn't dwell in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands. So Yahweh is spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So, first of all, what you have to understand is that Yahweh has a name, So, or God, I should say. God has a name, and his name is Yahweh. And this is not a name that's Hebrew. This is not a name that was invented. This is his name eternally. If you go back to Exodus, the third chapter, it says, this is my name forever. Mm -hmm. And this is my memorial unto all generations. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say in there, go ahead and change my name to Jehovah. Go ahead and substitute my name for a title, Adonai, which is what the Jews or Hebrews had done after they decided that the name Yahweh held too much power to be uttered vocally. So let's call him Adonai, which simply means Lord in their language. So his name is Yahweh, his name is forever Yahweh, and it cannot be changed. Now see, my name is Brandon, but if I go across the sea or anywhere else, where they don't speak the language that I speak. My name stays Brandon. If I go down to Mexico, they're going to call me Brandon. If I go over to Germany or Russia or what have you, or China, I don't care. My name stays Brandon. Now, if you look up the name Jesus Christ, just do a cursory Google search. Anybody can do it. I just did it recently. You'll find over 25 or more different languages that pronounce and spell the name Jesus differently. 
Now, Yahshua is the true name of what the, who the world calls Jesus. And that name, Yahshua, carries with it power. And I want you to go back and pick up uh, Acts, the fourth chapter, please. Four and one. Mm. Now, let's just go. Let's go. Let's cut straight to the point. Okay. Four and ten. Okay. Yeah. Um, let me start at nine. Okay. Oh, eight. Sure. Four, Acts four and eight. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, mm -hmm. if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole. Okay, stop. And I'll just backtrack very quickly with this story. Now, Peter and John were going into the temple and they were met by a lame man by the gate beautiful who was asking alms of them. He wanted money. And Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I'll give to you. By the name of Yahshua the Messiah, rise up. Right? That's what he said. That's Acts 4 and or I'm sorry, that's X3 and it's X3 and 6. He says, in the name of Yahshua the Messiah of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Mm -hmm. And the lame man not only rose up, he leapt. Because why? Because there's power in that name. Continue, reader. That's right. Verse 10, be it known unto you all. Now this, when they had taken Peter and, Jane, and John and said, by what means is this man made whole, right? Now, if you go back to uh, the seventh verse, they say, by what power or by what name have you done this? Mm -hmm. Now, remember, they were taken. They were arrested. They were brought into the midst of all the high priests, Caiaphas, and all these rulers of Drew, all these big, big wigs, big guys, right? Mm -hmm. These uh, Pharisees and scribes. And they say, by what power or by what name have you done this? That's right. Go ahead, reader. Mm -hmm. Be it known unto you all. And now to this is what Peter says. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to all the people of Israel. Now he says, be it known unto you all. Mm -hmm. That's everybody. That's not just who you stand in front of you. That's all of you, all the people of Israel, everybody. Be That's it known. Mm -hmm. That by the name of Yahshua the Messiah. Now it says, by the name of Yahshua the Messiah. Read. Mm -hmm. Whom uh, of Nazareth, mm -hmm. whom ye crucified, mm -hmm. whom Yahweh raised from the dead, mm -hmm. even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. So this is Peter declaring that I'll tell you by what name, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you by what power. So when they asked him by what power or by what name, mm -hmm. it simply follows that there's power in the name. Because that's, right. that's what he did. All he did was say, by the name of Yahshua the Messiah, rise up. Right. That's the power. Go ahead and read. Mm -hmm. 11th verse. This is the stone which was set at naught of ye builders, mm -hmm. which is become the head of the corner. Mm -hmm. Now, here's Neither the important is, bit right here. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Neither is there salvation in any other. He says, neither is there salvation in any other. Mm -hmm. Read. For there is none other name mm -hmm. under heaven 
given among men whereby we must be saved. Mm -hmm. Now see, by what power or by what name have you done this? Peter says, by the name of Yahshua the Messiah, because there is no salvation in any other, and there's no other name under heaven given mm -hmm. among men whereby we must be saved. Now, yes, see, that's Yahshua the Messiah declaring his purpose. So now we've already said that the name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. And he must be worshiped in spirit and in truth. Now, Unity of the Spirit is thusly. Yahweh, the Father, exists in pure spirit. What's pure spirit? Pure spirit is, pure spirit's everything. Well, what's everything? Everything is pure spirit. Pure spirit is the substance or the stuff or the essence of which everything in the creation is made. So if Yahweh is pure spirit or that substance, that means that everything is Yahweh. Everything came out of Yahweh. Yahweh knowing, the moderator said this, Yahweh knew that man could not perceive of him in this state, this formless, this substance, this essence of what everything is made from. Yahweh knew that man could not perceive of something that is imperceivable. So he had to take on a shape and form that could be seen in divine visions and revelations. And that's what Yahweh Elohim is. So Yahweh takes on this shape and form as Elohim. Now this is what Dr. Kinley called a great crucifixion. So you have this shape and form that's super incorporeal, incorporeal, whichever way you want to pronounce it, probably one of them's right, probably one of them's not quite right. But that means that incorporeal or incorporeal means that it has a shape and form of a body, but it's not a body that's made of flesh and blood. And super means that it's above any kind of non-flesh and blood body. Now, Elohim was made a little higher than the angels. The angels are in incorporeal form. But Elohim is made a little higher than the angels. He's in super incorporeal form. That means he is king of everything. He is in charge. He is above all that stuff. So Yahweh takes on a shape and form as Elohim, which is seen in divine visions and revelations. This was seen by Moses, Nadab, Aaron, and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel saw Elohim. Now, in the King James Version, it says they saw God. But back in John, it says no man has seen God at any time. So how do you rectify that? Easy. If you, if you know something about this teaching, you know about something about what Yahweh Elohim has revealed, no man has seen the Father Yahweh in a formless state at any time. That's how you rectify that. Now, the world calls Elohim God. But see, those 74 people saw God or saw Elohim at that time. They didn't see Yahweh the Father in his pure spirit state because they can't. It's impossible. Yahweh made it that way. So Yahweh made a way for man to understand something about himself by taking on that superincorporeal form as Elohim, which was seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Now, furthermore, Yahweh Elohim has a purpose. And that purpose is salvation. This is what we're talking about in Acts right here. There is salvation in the name of Yahshua. So Yahweh Elohim takes on 
the form, the physical form of Yahweh, which is Yahshua. And that's where you see number three down there. Yahweh Elohim takes on the likeness of sinful flesh as Yahshua the Messiah. Now, how do we know that that name Yahshua and Yahweh, see, Yahweh is the father. So then you take that masculine portion of that name, Yah, and then you get, so Yah, he who exists or causes to exist. That's what Yahweh means. Elohim means the almighty. Yahshua means Yahweh is salvation. So you have Yah and Shua, Shua meaning salvation. Now, um, why don't we pick up Matthew 1 and 21 real quick. Uh, and that describes Yahshua's name and his purpose. Read. That's Matthew 1 and 21. Mm. And she shall bring forth a son. Now, this is Yahweh Elohim coming to Joseph and telling Joseph, no need to put away your wife privily and all these things because they're not married yet. They're betrothed to each other. Or the, he, See, she's promised to him. She's still a virgin. Now, see, it had to be like that. Yahshua had to come through the loins of a virgin, a pure, unperverted, clean body. Okay? So he says, and she shall bring forth a son. Mm -hmm. Read. And thou shall, excuse me, and thou shall call his name Yahshua. Now it says that she shall bring forth a son, and yeah. thou shall call his name Yahshua. Mm -hmm. What is that, uh, what is that punctuation point right after the word Yahshua, mm -hmm. Dr. Hamilton? It's a colon. It's a colon. Mm -hmm. you know anything about this language that we speak, a colon separating two ideas in a sentence means that whatever comes after the colon is an explanation of what came before or in this case it's a definition so she shall bring forth a son thou shalt call his name yashua why read for he shall save his people from their sins for he shall save his people from their sins for he will be or is salvation. Yahweh is salvation. So you have Yahweh the Father in pure spirit. He takes on a shape and form as Elohim. Furthermore, takes on the likeness of sinful flesh of Yahshua the Messiah, who is the salvation of the world. Now, that's just a brief touching on the name. If you want to know anything about the name, come back and study because this is how, look, you, neither, it says neither is that salvation than any other. And that's Acts 4 and 12. You can't get saved in the name of Jesus. How do you know that? First of all, I just got done saying that I found 25 different translations of the name Jesus just doing a cursory search on Google. 25 different translations. You can't translate proper names. Names stay with you regardless of what language you go Wherever you go, whatever language you're speaking, the name always stays the same. My name is Brandon in this country, and my name is Brandon in whatever language you want to speak. I won't answer to anything else but Brandon. Same goes for Yahshua. He's not going to answer to anything else. Now, what do we know about the letter J? What we know about the letter J, for example, this is just quickly too, but the letter J doesn't even exist in the language that was spoken by Yahshua the Messiah at the time that he walked the earth plane. 
that letter J or the sound that is made by a letter J was not spoken by Moses when he wrote the first five books of the Bible. So you see, so I mean, it just, it, it follows that the name couldn't be Jesus in the language that he spoke back then. Now, furthermore, yes, we have a letter J and we have a sound that makes the letter J in the English language, but that didn't occur in this language until 16, middle of the 1600s sometimes, sometime in thereabouts. Four, so around 350, 400 years ago. And this language that we speak has been around for at least a thousand years. So for 600 years or more, who knows, you can look this up, don't take my word for it, look it up, that the, there was no letter J in the English language. So they used a letter I. And this can be verified if you look up and grab a copy of the original 1611 version of the King James Bible, which was one of the first uh, versions of the Bible translated into the English language. Because if you go through there, you see the letter I, where you would think there'd be a letter J. Even the name of the king himself, James, is spelled with an I. So you don't have a J in the English language until after the publication of the 1611 King James Bible. That just gives you something to food for thought. Give yourself something to think about. So how could the name be Jesus if it wasn't even Jesus, didn't even spelled that way, in the version of the Bible that we call the King James Version of the Bible? And if you go and look at all these different translations of the word or the name Jesus, more than half of them aren't spelled with the letter J either, because those that letter doesn't even exist in modern languages out there today. So you see a lot of I's, you see a lot of Y's, you even see H's, because what do they call them in, in Spanish? They call them Jesus. You know, what do they call them in, uh, in Latin? They call it Yesu, right? So, I mean, you can't change a proper name. Now, Yahshua the Messiah's name is salvation. It's declared from the beginning that there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby salvation can be attained, okay? So it's just a little food for thought. Think about it, study it. It's, it's very simple to look these things up in this day and age. Now, shifting gears, what I'd like to do is I'd like to talk about something I've been studying, which is um, the elementary chart. So if the, if, the, if the elementary chart keeps brought up, perfect. Thank you very much. Now, this is the chart on the pattern or plan of salvation. Now, this chart or one very similar to it was the very first chart by which Dr. Kinley, the founder of the school, taught the pattern or plan of salvation by. And this chart was exclusively used for some, I don't know, 10 or 15 years before another chart was used alongside with it. I think that was the Moses chart. So I think uh, Dr. Kinley was given the vision in 1931. Uh, I've heard that the Springfield class was established in 1935. So somewhere around there that this chart was, uh, was drawn up uh, by Dr. Kinley and his son. And this chart was used exclusively until I think 19, 
45 or 50 when the Moses chart was painted. So everything that you need to know was on, is on this chart. It's the chart on the pattern or plan of salvation. Now I want, I want one of the readers, please, to look up the word pattern, please. Okay, that's pattern, and I will be looking it up in the American Heritage American Heritage Dictionary online. Oh. Pattern, a usually repeating artistic or decorative design. Okay. A plan, diagram, or model to be followed in making things. A plan, what does it say? A plan. A plan. Diagram or model to mm -hmm. be followed. To be followed. A plan or model to be followed. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else? Yes. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. A model or original used for imitation or as an archetype. As an archetype. Now, so you remember, if you look at the top of the Moses chart, it says Elohim is the archetype or original mm -hmm. pattern of the universe. Mm -hmm. Now, I've got a couple of um, definitions of the word pattern from another dictionary that I think are um, relevant. And one of them is an arrangement or design regularly found in comparable objects mm. or a regular and intelligible form or sequence discernible in the way in which something happens or is done. And I think that's a really great definition mm -hmm. of the word pattern a regular and intelligible form or sequence discernible in the way in which something happens and done. There's a couple of great words in that definition because mm -hmm. Yahweh is intelligence. He is divine wisdom, knowledge, intelligence, love, beauty, justice, foundation, power, strength. Those nine principal divine attributes are Yahweh in pure spirit form. And when he took on the shape and form as Elohim, those attributes were took on a shape and form as Elohim. So, you, so Yahweh is a divine intelligence. So a regular and intelligible form or sequence discernible. Now, we, where do we see that word? We see that word in one of our aims to discern, which is, go ahead and look that one up. That's a good word, discern. Do you have it? I'll get it for you. Just give me one second. Oh, I'm sorry. I was on mute. I was talking on mute. To perceive with the eyes, detect or distinguish. Mm -hmm. To distinguish, mm -hmm. right? So you need to learn how to distinguish. Mm -hmm. And I lost my definition because I pushed the wrong button on the iPad. <laughs> my apologies. That's okay. Technology is great, isn't it? Yes, it is. So, um, Come back. Let me try the other. Okay, so a regular and or a, an intelligible form or sequence that is distinguished. Now, to know something about this teaching, to know something about Yahweh Elohim, as he really is and actually exists, mm -hmm. he gave us a pattern, which is a regular and intelligible form or sequence that we can discern in a way in which something happens or done. Now, this teaching is supported. This is in the Elohim book. This teaching is supported by a definite divine pattern, 
which supports everything that, see, without this pattern, which is the key to understanding anything about this teaching, anything about Yahweh Elohim really doesn't actually exist. So we have to understand something about this pattern. Now, this pattern was given to Moses uh, during one of his visions uh, in Mount Sinai. And I want you to go ahead and you can um, pick up Exodus 25 and 8. And I'm going to show you a couple of different places in the Bible where the word pattern exists. Now, it really does exist in there. Mm -hmm. the you can look this up for yourself. And remember what Dr. Kinley said. Don't believe me because I said it, but make me prove it to your satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Make Yahweh Elohim, make Yahshua prove this to your satisfaction because these things don't come by studying up on them. They come by a revelation. And Yahshua the Messiah is mercy and will give you that revelation if you diligently seek the things that he calls you to look for. Exodus 25 and 8, please. Exodus 25 and 8. Mm -hmm. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them mm -hmm. according to all that I show thee after the pattern of oh, the Oh, whoa, whoa, there's that word. Mm -hmm. You found it. Mm -hmm. So it says, let me make, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. This is Yahweh Elohim uh, charging Moses to build a sanctuary that he may dwell among his chosen people at that time, the children of Israel. So he may dwell among them. And he's going to make it just any old way, Moses, just go ahead and start putting up pillars, bars, and boards, and gold, and things. No, he says, make it according to a pattern. Read nine, please. Mm -hmm. Ninth, according to all that I showed thee, mm -hmm. after the pattern of the tabernacle. After the pattern of the tabernacle, read. And the pattern of all the instruments thereof, mm -hmm. even so shall you make it. Make it according to the pattern, Moses. Skip down to 40, please. Mm -hmm. 40th verse, <clears throat> excuse me. And look that thou make them after their pattern, which was showed thee in the mount. Uh, make sure, Moses, look. Moses, make them after their pattern, which I showed thee in the month. And that, that scripture is supported also in Hebrews 8 and 5. I won't have you get that. But I do want you to grab uh, 1 Chronicles 28 and 11. Because Yahweh had man build three things. And he had them make them according to a pattern. And it was all about a pattern or plan of salvation. Now, Yahweh Elohim had... Moses built this tabernacle pattern out here in the wilderness. And ministration and services of this tabernacle was for atonement of the sins of the people at that time, hmm. under that old covenant. This pattern was threefold, consisted of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. That's what you see on the left side of this chart right here, where it says tabernacle pattern. It's three compartments, but it's one tabernacle pattern. Hmm. Now, Yahweh Elohim further. Now, remember that tabernacle is a temporary dwelling place. This was made out of skins and hair and all kinds of things. And this thing just was out there some 400 years getting all weather beaten and tattered and all kinds of things. But see, Yahweh Elohim gave a pattern to King David in order because David wanted to build a temple for Yahweh Elohim, but David couldn't build a temple because he was a man of war. So the pattern was given to David's son Solomon to build a permanent temple or tabernacle for all of these furnishings to go into. Now, this is just like this is just like uh, your body. Your body, now go ahead and get that. That's uh, before you pick up 
uh, First Chronicles pick up uh, First Corinthians 6 and 19. Mm -hmm. That's First Corinthians, you said 6 and 19? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's First Corinthians 6 and 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? No, so this is Paul says, what? Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Now see, your physical body is spirit, soul, and body. It's also threefold, mm -hmm. just like this tabernacle right here. Most holy place, holy place, court roundabout. Mm -hmm. And your physical body is a temporary dwelling space of the soul. You have spirit. You're made of spirit, soul, and body. Now remember, Yahweh is pure spirit. And everything in the universe is made up of pure spirit. Mm -hmm. Even your body is made out of that substance of Yahweh, that pure spirit. Mm -hmm. Yahweh put a soul in this body, and your body is made out of skin and hair, just like this temple or this tabernacle back here, right? Now, what's inside of you, what dwells in you is that soul, just like this tabernacle back here had furnishings that were made out of gold and brass and silver and all kinds of things like this. That was the pattern of the instruments thereof. Now, when that temple was made, go ahead and pick up um, First Chronicles, please. Mm -hmm. That's First Chronicles. First Chronicles 28 and 11. Okay. First Chronicles 28 and 11. Mm -hmm. And 11. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then David gave to Solomon his son the pattern. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's that word again, pattern. Oh my goodness. Did you just say the, the word pattern again? Yes. And you, where'd you read that out of? First Chronicles 28 and 11. You read that out of a Bible? You mean the word pattern is in the Bible? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am, it is. It's in there. At least one, two, three, four, five or six times, at least. Mm -hmm. Count it for yourself. You'll find it. But go ahead and read that again. Start over, mm -hmm. please. Then David gave to Solomon, his son, the pattern of the porch uh -huh. and of the houses thereof. Uh -huh. Now, and of the, the porch thereof. and of the houses thereof. Now, mm -hmm. remember, this is threefold. There's an oracle, a sanctuary, and a porch. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, pick it up, please. Sorry mm -hmm. to interrupt. No, no problem. And of the upper chambers thereof, mm -hmm. and of the inner parlors thereof, mm -hmm. and of the place of the mercy seat. Mm -hmm. 12th verse, and the pattern of all that he had by the Spirit. Mm. Now, this pattern was all that he had by himself. He just made this up, this pattern. No, it was by the Spirit. This was revealed to him by Yahweh Elohim. Read. Mm -hmm. And the pattern of all that he had by the Spirit of the courts of the house of Yahweh, mm -hmm. and of all the chambers round about, mm -hmm. of the treasuries of the house of Yahweh, and of the treasuries of the dedicated things. Mm -hmm. Okay, stop. So you see this word pattern repeating another place in the Bible where David is given Solomon this pattern that was given to him by Yahweh Elohim so that a temple or a permanent structure could be built in order for the ministration of this tabernacle to occur in a permanent spot, which was a more glorified permanent building, lots of gold and and silver and all kinds of things absolutely beautiful right now all of those furnishings inside the tabernacle eventually went inside the temple and were increased where more were added so you didn't get just one candlestick you got a whole bunch of candlesticks you got a whole bunch of tables you got but there was still just one ark of the covenant now right. that's just like the soul that is in your body 
See, your body is going to pass away. It's getting tattered. It's getting weather beaten. It's getting worn. It's getting brow beaten. Well, any kind of things you can think of that this body is not going to last. So it's obvious that what's, what's your body, what's inhabiting your body or your soul, that inner man has to move into a permanent or eternal body, which is in Yahshua the Messiah. So these things are a type and shadow of the glorified body that you will receive at the end of this age, at the at the uh, instantaneous revelation of Yahshua the Messiah. That's you, that, so, that salvation or that inheritance that you have is in Yahshua the Messiah so that that soul can go on into perfection within Yahshua the Messiah. Now, why do you have to have a savior? You have to have a savior because Yahweh, Yahweh the Father in pure spirit is a, in a state of ontological perfection. Yahweh is perfection. He is all those attributes that I just got done saying. Yahweh the Father will not accept anything but perfection. And that's what's happening right now down here at the close of this age is that Yahweh sent his son, Yahshua the Messiah, in the likeness of sinful flesh as salvation of the world. And the Holy Spirit was poured out on the believing Jews on the day of Pentecost and seven years later on the Gentiles. And anybody who's not a Jew is a Gentile. So you're either a Jew or you're a Gentile. But Yahweh made a way for everyone to have uh, uh, access to attain salvation through his only begotten son, Yahshua the Messiah. Yahshua the Messiah is salvation. Yahweh is salvation. Yahshua, the Holy Spirit now, is cleaning us up. He's getting rid of all those thoughts, opinions, theories, imaginations, everything that you came in. Remember that Dr. Kinley said to, uh, when he was in the flesh, I've heard this said that you walked into this school dead on arrival, which means you had nothing. You had no hope. And even Dr. Kinley said, I didn't have a good thought about God in my entire time before I, re I received this uh, divine vision and revelation. So Yahshua the Messiah has to reveal himself to you. And what he's doing in these last prophetic seconds is he's cleaning us up to present us faultless in the presence of the glory of the Father Yahweh. And that is how you attain eternal salvation is in Yahshua the Messiah. That, folks, is mercy. And it says back there in Ephesians, it says... By grace are ye saved through faith in Yahshua the Messiah. Now, grace isn't, what's grace? Grace is a gift. It's unmerited favor. You didn't do anything to work up on grace. You can't just say, well, see if I can't spend several thousand dollars on some grace. No, you can't buy grace. Grace is a gift. See, go ahead and go back to the, uh, the scripture lesson, and I'll wrap this up. Uh, Proverbs 8 and 22, I think. Mm -hmm. that's, <clears throat> excuse me, that's Proverbs 8. You want 22? I think I think so. Let me just make sure I'm not. Okay. Um, yeah, right. Yep. Okay. Proverbs 8 and 22. Uh -huh. Yahweh possessed me in the beginning of his way. Now it says Yahweh possessed me in the beginning of his way. Read. Before his works of old. Okay. Yeah. I was set up from everlasting. Mm-hmm. From the beginning, or ever the earth was. Now set up from everlasting, from the beginning. From, see, Yahweh 
declares the end from the beginning. Yahweh. Mm -hmm. When there was no depths, right. I was brought forth. Mm -hmm. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, mm -hmm. before the hills was I brought forth. Mm -hmm. Now skip down 30, please. Mm -hmm. 30 at first. <clears throat> then I was by him mm -hmm. as one brought up with him. As one brought up with him. Now this is how you're going to go back to the Father is as one in the body of Yahshua the Messiah. Yahshua is the head of the body. The body is the bride or the assembly. And that's what we are called as sons to be part of his body as the assembly or as the bride of Yahshua. So we are one brought up with him. Read. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then what? Then I was by him as one brought up with him. Mm -hmm. And I was daily his delight. Don't you want to be daily his delight? I want to be daily his delight, yes. Yahshua. I, I, my heart's desire is that I dwell in the house of Yahweh all the days of my life. I don't, where is that? That's in Psalm somewhere. I was, I want to be daily his delight. I want, I love Yahshua the Messiah. That's what he wants. He wants his sons to love him. Mm -hmm. Read on. Rejoicing always before him. Mm -hmm. Rejoicing always before him. Read. Rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth. Mm -hmm. And my delights were with the sons of men. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to wrap this up. But um, it's truly a, a blessing to be able to have been called as a son of Elohim, as the, of Yahshua Messiah, and to, I mean, I, I, I didn't do anything to work upon this. I didn't ask for it. I, it was a gift freely given to me, and I rejoice in it every single day because Yahshua is constantly teaching me and cleaning me up and showing me everything that I need to know right now while I'm still in this body. Because you have to eternal, you have to inherit eternal life now. Not after you die. You got to get your inheritance now before you before you take off this flesh. But I'm just ever grateful that Yahshua has continued to invite me to come to class, to study these things, uh, to sup with the brethren and support this teaching as long as uh, as long as I can until the end of this creation. And I just want to say thank you. Um, if you're here uh, for the first time, or if you're here um just starting out you're in the right place you you've come to the right place uh yashua has called you here for a reason and just continue to study and um i just want to say all praises go to yashua messiah thank you for the opportunity hallelujah hallelujah thank you dr craig and for our second speaker this evening we're happy to call from malaysia dr clifford cardozo Praise Yahshua. Um, thank you for this opportunity. I really enjoyed the remarks of the first speaker, working with the name and, uh, and this uh, bringing forth this gospel with clarity. We have to give him a minute. He is in Malaysia, so we think it's an internet issue. Dr. Cardoza, we can't hear you. Um, and he worked with, with the names. 
Um, I have been coming to class um, for since before the COVID-19 and um, learned an awful lot uh, from coming to class. Um, the first things, first thing that uh, the first thing that uh, attracted me was the moderation, and um, I found out that there was a, an, a prescribed order and way that classes were held and um, how the presentations were done and how this gospel goes forth through vessels that have been trained by the Heavenly Father Yahweh um, without, uh, with power and love and uh, how they bring it forth. And so coming to class, um, I had... Uh, not learned such things uh, before because um, I stopped going to the church about 30 years ago uh, because of I just stopped you know I didn't know why I just stopped going to church and I'd get my bible and have a look through it and look at the words and did a and until um, Yahshua got me in the class and I looked at this uh, teaching and I saw all these charts. And I said, I've never known anybody to teach from charts before. And so I stayed in class because um, one of the first things that was told to me, uh, and I didn't find it offensive. I didn't find the charts offensive. I didn't find it. One of the first things that was told to me was, um, shut up and sit down. You know, uh, uh, and pay attention. And I said, okay. And so I sat down and paid attention. And this gospel um, coming forth from vessels filled with the Holy Spirit started to take on shape and form within me. It started to do some things in my heart. And I listened to testimonies. I listened to um, uh, the prayer, I listened to the doxology, and I listened to the vessels bringing forth the name, the true gospel, um, the Moses chart, the, um, the elementary chart. And I was utterly fascinated with this because it all pointed to Yahshua the Messiah. And we had not been taught these things before. We, when the Gospels, you cannot call it the Gospel. When people said they were teaching the Gospel and coming to church, they were not talking about Yahshua the Messiah. They were talking about Lord God and Jesus Christ. And they were talking about our finances and our health and our it's all about us and not about Yahshua the Messiah. But you heard the first vessel bring out, bring out all of the remarks that he said points to Yahshua the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And I stayed in this class and every single day it was nobody else except Yahshua the Messiah. His purpose, his pattern, his plan 
how he died. Let's get a scripture, and that's in 1 Corinthians 15. Let's look at this scripture. Let's look at this scripture. We bring forth these scriptures. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4. Praise Yahshua forevermore. That's 1 Corinthians 15 and 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Yahshua died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Thank you, Dr. Hamilton. Before coming to, to class, I had never seen this scripture before. And I heard it once heard it twice, the third time I heard it, this how, this three-letter word how jumped out in my face. I said, wait a minute, I've never seen this before. So I meditated on these things, this particular scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 through 4. Moreover, there is more. Yes, and it's a declaration. It comes from the preaching. It has to be received. You have to stand in it, that you are saved by it. Keep it in memory, unless you believe in vain. It's been delivered to you. You don't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. It was delivered unto me. And this is what I did. I received it. I received it. How the Messiah died. For our sins. You know, we, we always thought that somebody put him on, you know, beat him and whipped him. And it was a very gruesome state. They left him in a very gruesome state. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, how he died for our sins. You know, I haven't finished dealing with this scripture yet. And it's, I've, it's been over a year. I haven't come to terms with it because... It has to sit well in you. It has to sit and it's, you, it cannot be, um, it cannot sit well with us until a vessel preaches that thing, preaches this gospel to us with power and love, without compromise. It has to be preached. And, well, you get somebody standing there, he says, do you know, you're talking to me about this gospel, do you know my suit is worth $4,000? My shoes are worth more than a thousand dollars. Are you insulting my intelligence with the preaching of the gospel, the foolishness of preaching the gospel? See, you'll get these kind of things coming out. But this is what it is. It is what it is. This is the way the founder preached the gospel to us. How the Messiah died. His death, his burial, and his resurrection is all over the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. It's all about Yahshua, the Messiah. How he died, 
how he was buried, how he resurrected the third day, ascended, and outpoured that Holy Spirit. This is a mystery that unless you follow the prescribed way, you will not get it correctly. And you cannot get this anywhere in, 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 in the world. I have to declare that openly, even across, over the nations. And the nations do hear this gospel coming out from these schools, and they will hear it because Yahweh has purposed it. And his word never comes back void. It goes forth and it will always accomplish. So having said that, you know, um, that Yahshua died, buried, resurrected according to the scriptures. Mm -hmm. So coming to class, we learn that there is a pattern, a plan, a purpose, and that there is um, the book of the law, the first five books of the, the Bible. And then they have the, the balance, the 34 books forming the law and the prophets. And then you have the, the fulfillment. So we taught day in and day out, day in and day out. I listened to the teachings because Yahweh has said, come, come and learn of me. So it's not about me. It's about him. It's about Yahshua, the Messiah. So coming to this class, we learn about this gospel of the kingdom. And it has to be preached. In other words, the, the first um, uh, order, the first uh, command that was given to me, will shut your mouth and sit your butt down. That was good. Why? Because it allowed the scriptures to be assembled or applications downloaded into my heart and mind so that I would grow. That Yahweh would prepare us, like the first vessel said, preparing us to be ministers of this gospel. Let's take another scripture and show Yahweh's way of doing things. Let's have um, uh, Isaiah 28, 9 through 13. Praise Yahshua forevermore. He is the king of kings and the ruler of rulers. Isaiah 28 and 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breasts. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest, wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. But the word of Yahweh was unto them precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. Should I continue, Thank you. Dr. Cardo? Thank you. Thank you. That will be good. So Yahweh, through the prophet Isaiah, gave us a prescribed way of preaching the gospel and studying the gospel 
line upon line, line upon line. And you take verse 28, not a lot of people like this. For with stammering lips and other tongue will he speak to his people. Well, I can tell you that not many people will receive this. But that's not what it's all about. It's about Yahshua the Messiah and vessels being obedient to his commands, his laws, his instructions. And Yahweh told this to Isaiah. He told this to him years, years before Yahshua the Messiah came forth. And he promised us rest. You know, we're getting weary. But we got some rest. And we got some refreshing. Yes. Yet they would not hear. We're talking about these, these um, uh, the, the children of Israel. But we have this opportunity now because Yahweh gave it to us. He gave it to us to a vision, a divine vision and a divine revelation in 1931. So there are people in the world that have not heard this. Have you heard this? No, I haven't. Who's that? So I had the opportunity of listening, and I don't know whether you, you've heard um, this. There is a group of people in the world that have come out of her, my people. It says, come out of her, my people, in the book of Revelation. There is a group of people in the United States that have come out from this Lord God and Jesus Christ and these churches, but they've got together in a group, and I don't know if you've heard this, called Preterism. And if you'd care to look up, they say that everything has already taken place. And I'm not going to go um, into Preterism because we're not, we're called to the gospel. Um, so uh, I listened to the comments of this particular speaker and made a note of it. And then I sent, I sent them an email. I said, well, and I'm talking to think tanks, okay? I'm talking to think tanks. I mean, they read more books and know more about this gospel, uh, uh, about the law, the prophets, and so on, um, more than I do. So I asked them, I said, how is it that you missed this divine vision and divine revelation? How is it that you missed uh, this teaching that has come forth from 1931. And I'm not going to be long in this. And the reply was, I am not interested in what man has to teach. O-M-G. So, and, and these people are in the United States. So if you come across these type of people that have uh, come under the name of preterism, uh, then you will know that there is a challenge coming up because they will challenge us. So having said that, um, we can we just uh, go to the elementary chart? Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. In the elementary chart, we have this scripture, Isaiah 28, um, line upon line, precept upon precept, drawn across this chart so that we have a prescribed way of studying and presenting this gospel. Okay, And it's got uh, 14 
14 plates on it, beginning with um, the transgression plate and ending with sanctum of sanctorums. And these plates are laid out according to the tabernacle pattern or the interior pattern, which is the most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. We came to class, I never heard anything like this before. So the best thing to do is lay down all your thoughts, concepts, and opinions and throw it in the, in the trash and start afresh. Many, many times I would get in my walk um, before coming to class, I would plateau out. And most of the time from within my heart, if you dare to lay down this ministry, I will show you what's wrong with it. Many times, many times he said, if you lay down this ministry, get out from this church, I will show you what's wrong with it. And Yahshua proved it to me and it was wrong. But, you know, it's okay for him to prove what's wrong, but then he'll present to you what's right. And sometimes we reject what's right and what's correct and what's truth. But when I came to class, it was laid, the foundation was laid and it was very strong. Okay, there was like the first speaker said, there, make me prove it. I have never heard such thing. Make me prove it. So anytime I had a question, I did one of two things. I expressed my thoughts within myself and come to class. And many times those unexpressed thoughts came out from the floor. And I'm here in Malaysia. It came out from the floor. Even this morning, as the first speaker was speaking, there were things on my heart and mind. He spoke it out. And it was clear. How many of you know that Yahshua the Messiah doesn't speak in riddles? He speaks clearly because he wants us to understand who he is, where he's coming from, and where he's taking us to. Okay, so coming into class, we learned this uh, prescribed way of preaching the gospel, line upon line, precept upon precept. And we follow it. And many times I had to say, Yahshua, I really don't understand what this is all about. And he would explain it. He would explain it. He would use vessels from the floor to explain. And the foundation that was laid was uncompromising. In other words, you can't punch a hole. But before he laid this foundation, he had to dig out the un, the uh, those uh, the rubbish that was within me. And I got that from a lecture one night, and everybody was giving testimonies. And it started from the most senior. And as it, as the testimonies came forth. I just wanted to get out of my chair and run off. And I had the vision of a pneumatic road drill breaking up some things, breaking up concrete. And it was revealed to me right there as I sat, there are some things in your heart and mind that I need to get rid of. And it was dug up and really dug up deep and I had to get it out. And then Yahshua laid the foundation, laid it plain and simple. You see, you can't lay the foundation on something that's, that's wishy-washy and shaky. The first speaker explained the name. I came to class, I learned that name. Got all the charts done. 
did all the things I know how to do, okay, and settled myself down. When I came to class, this elementary chart was shown to me, and he said, line upon line, most holy place, holy place, court roundabout. And then it was shown to us with the interior pattern. And the interior pattern, the sacrifices died daily and were offered on the altar in place of sinners under the penalty of death. Let's look at a scripture. Exodus 29, 38 and 39, please. That's Exodus 29 and 38. Now, this is that which thou shalt offer upon the altar, two lambs of the first year, day by day, continually. The one lamb thou shalt offer in the morning, and the other lamb thou shalt offer at even. Thank you, ma'am. Let's look at one more scripture, Leviticus 4 and 4. Leviticus 4 and 4. And he shall bring the bullock unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before Yahweh, and shall lay his hand upon the bullock's head and kill the bullock before Yahweh. Thank you. So this is a principle of death. We saw in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, we saw a principle of death, a burial, and a resurrection. And this principle is lined up all through the ages and dispensations from the transgression from Adam and Eve in the garden and the transgression and the fall until the sanctum of sanctorums at the end of this chart. Let's go to a burial principle. And we take um, sacri the sacrifices were washed, uh, being immersed or buried in the laver. The priests washed and proceeded into ministry. So if we look at the interior pattern, and we have a look at the interior pattern, you will see that in the outer court, you will find the brazen laver or the altar of sin sacrifice. Okay, so that's where the animals were laid and they were sacrificed in the outer court. Okay, and for a burial, we see another vessel that's that's in the uh, outer court, and that is the um, brazen laver, which contained water. And water, you use that as a burial principle. Okay, let's look at um, Exodus 29 uh, and verse 17, please. That's Exodus 29 and 17. And thou shalt cut the ram in pieces and wash the inwards of him. And his legs, and put them into his unto his pieces and unto his head. Thank you. One more scripture, Leviticus one and nine, please. Leviticus one and nine. But his inwards and his legs shall he wash in water, and the priest shall burn all on the altar to be a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto Yahweh. Thank you. So we have a burial principle there. Still, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. And this is, this is with the interior pattern. This is what, this pattern is what was given. And the first speaker spoke about that very eloquently on this pattern. And I had never seen it. 
I had never seen this word pattern and coming to class, that jumped out as well. Let's do one more and a resurrection principle because we have a death, a burial and a resurrection. And we look at uh, the, the, the priest um, is raised up into the holy place with blood, with the blood of the sacrifices carrying believers up toward Yahweh. So look at this, uh, Leviticus 4, 5 and 6. Mm-hmm. Leviticus 4, verse 5 and 6. Mm-hmm. Leviticus 4 and 5. Joshua forevermore. Mm-hmm. And the priest that is anointed shall take, all, take of the bullock's blood and bring it to the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle of the blood seven times before Yahweh, before the veil of the sanctuary. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So you see a principle of death burial and resurrection and we see that in the interior pattern as exactly the way that Yahweh explained to Moses atop Mount Sinai the exact way that he wanted these things done and that's the way we are to present the gospel the death of Yahshua the burial of Yahshua and the resurrection of Yahshua the Messiah and this principle coming forth from the interior pattern. And many people turn around and ask you, what has this tabernacle pattern got to do with our lives? I said a lot. Why don't you come to class, sit down, and we will explain it to you in detail. And (laughs) if you have any questions, we will answer them. And this is every single vessel that I've come across was able to answer. And even though they were cross-questioned, they were able to answer it with 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 love and with such joy okay and we have so many different plates on this um on this elementary chart but all of them go through a prescribed way it is it describes a death a burial and a resurrection we'll take the transgression plate let's look at the transgression plate okay adam in the garden Yahweh gave him a command that he should not partake of the, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And we do, Adam's soul died instantaneously. The day he transgressed and death passed upon all men, his body died 930 years later. Let's look at um, uh, two scriptures. We'll do uh, Gen- Genesis chapter 2, 16 and 17. Genesis 2 and 16. And Yahweh Elohim commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eateth thereof, thou shalt surely die. Thank you. See, the command was given to Adam, and he partook of this tree. Now, There's a lot of people that have controversy over this, but this is the purpose, pattern, and plan of salvation that Yahweh purposed from the beginning. Yahweh declares the end from the beginning. He knows it all. He decided everything. Even before I came to class, he already knew it. One of the first things I did when I came to class is I read that panoramic vision. And it still rings in my ears. I still go back to it and have a look at it. You know, how the founder received this 
divine vision and revelation and how he struggled with it and how he persevered with it. And it's, it's, it's a joy to receive it. Okay, let's look at the, on, on the transgression thing. So let's look at the burial principle. He was buried in, in condemnation and his body was buried back in the ground where it was, was taken from um, 930 years after. Let's look at Genesis 2 and 25. Genesis 2 and 25. You want that King James or Holy Name version? Uh, really doesn't matter, sir. Okay, uh, Genesis 2 and 25, King James Version. And they were both naked, the man and the wife, and were not ashamed. Okay, let's do uh, Genesis 3, 8 and 10, please. That's Genesis 3, 8 through 10. <clears throat> and they heard the voice of Yahweh Elohim walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Yahweh Elohim amongst the trees of the garden. And Yahweh Elohim called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. Thank you. This is a principle of burial. He was buried in condemnation. He died in his heart and mind, and he was buried in condemnation. Let's see how Yahshua promised to resurrect this. Yahshua, the promised seed of the woman, was the avenger of blood and redeemer and the only hope of resurrection. Let's look at Genesis 3 and 15. Genesis 3 and 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. I see the five minute bell. Go ahead. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Thank you, sir. We'll read one more scripture, Romans 1 and 3. That's Romans, you said 1 and 3? Yes, ma'am. 1 and 3. Concerning his son, Yahshua the Messiah, our Savior, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. Thank you. One more scripture, Galatians 3 and 16, please. Galatians 3 and 16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is the Messiah. Thank you, sir. We see from the scriptures that all of them point to Yahshua the Messiah, and not about me, and not about us, and all the other things that that come around it. It's all about Yahshua the Messiah. And coming into class was uh, such a joy to be with all of you, to be studying and learning. I was actually thinking about, you know, laying back and sipping on some tea and just, you know, but Yahshua says, come to class, show yourself approved, studying this gospel. And come and learn of me. Oh, that it was an invitation mm -hmm. that you can't refuse. That's right. And so, having come to class, I, it's been such a joy to be um, among the brethren. It's such a joy to hear this gospel and to learn how to preach it according to a prescribed way. To lay down all these 
uh, thoughts, concepts, and opinions, and take up Yahshua the Messiah. Having said all that, I yield the flow, and I thank you for this time and this opportunity. All praise, honor, and glory be to Yahweh our Elohim through his son, Yahshua the Messiah. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you. And for our, our third speaker, we're happy to call from our Tampa, Florida class, Dr. Tara Burley. Hello, brethren. Hello. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That was a surprise. <laughs> um, but it's still a, a pleasure and an honor to have anything to say about this uh, great gospel that Yahweh has given us through his son, Yahshua Messiah. And I truly enjoyed the remarks of the previous speaker. And um, I, I've never uh, heard a brethren uh, from Malaysia. So it's truly, it was an honor just to hear, to know that we do have, you know, brethren in another place in Malaysia that I, I never even knew. But, um, and to hear that he's been in class for such a short time, you wouldn't even know like his his understanding and Yahweh just brought him up to speed so you know that's just giving honor to you know Yahshua for his Holy Spirit and the brethren mm. and um I uh let's see what we got here because it's so much uh that we can be thankful for and lately I've just been really just observing you know throughout everything was going on, the things that Yahweh has given us and have shown us and um, just reflecting, like the brethren was saying. And um, I'm just going to pick it up. We don't have any new uh, people here mm. on on class. Is anybody new? No. No? Okay. Good. Okay. So um, let's just um, start with uh let's pick it up at romans 1 19 and 20 and i'm sorry because sometimes i do interrupt mm -hmm. i'm just going to apologize ahead of time mm -hmm. but um pick it up at romans 1 19 and 20 because um you know yahweh is is we we live move and have our being within yahweh and you know when it comes to someone saying that you know Yahweh the creator is not real or you know they don't believe in him is is witnesses is so many witnesses that we have absolutely no excuse not to even have a slightest idea of there is a creator and there is you know something that you can learn about your creator so um let's just get Romans 1 19 and 20 that's Romans 1 and 19 because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them. For Yahweh hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Okay, start right there. So it says the invisible things of him, of your creator Yahweh, are clearly, it says clearly seen. Mm -hmm. So you can see something that is invisible from something that was created in the world and it's clearly seen. Keep going. Mm -hmm. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, 
being understood by the things that are made. So you can understand something about your creator by the things that are made. Mm -hmm. I never knew this before coming into class. Mm -hmm. You know, before coming into class, I was blind. I was, you know, wasn't even looking for credit. Didn't even have the slightest thought that I can learn something about my creator because I was looking at a man. Mm -hmm. I was, I was, you know, going to the church and it was, it was whatever thus said the pastor and that, that was feeding me that I thought, you know, what God was, but it was totally 180 degrees opposite right. of what Yahweh is or how he, or how he exists. Keep going. Even his eternal power and supernal nature so that they are without excuse. Okay. So even his supernal power uh, and his nature so that they are without excuse. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to like the Godhead, what people, you know, try to understand and they have so many different theories and thoughts and opinions when it comes down to the Godhead. But just like the brethren was saying from Malaysia is right here on the charts. It is so simple. You want to learn, know something about the Godhead. Well, go back to, to the beginning where he gave Moses a pattern. And how many times did the brethren talk about that pattern, this pattern? How many times is the pattern mentioned in the Bible? The same Bible that a lot of these churches on every corner uses. And I tell people this and I, and I say it boldly that Christianity has absolutely nothing to do with the Bible. And I say that because what they preach is 180 degrees is what is in the scriptures. They say Jesus came to institute. Yahweh says, well, Yahshua says he comes to fulfill. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, they, they teach you to get water baptized. Yahweh, no, Yahweh fulfilled, Yahshua fulfilled that. So there is no physical uh, baptism anymore. And, and it just everything that they teach is 180 degrees opposite if they understand the scriptures. But without a, without a, a revelation, a vision and a revelation, you will not be able to understand those scriptures. Y'all go out there. And so go, I'm sorry. Um, and so um, when it comes to understanding something about your creator, you can look at the things that he's made. You can look at this pattern, this tabernacle pattern that he told Moses to pitch in a mount through the vision. It, it was a threefold. It was a holy place. It was a most holy place and it was a court roundabout. And it says in, in a moderation, these three are what? These three are one. This is the makeup of your creator. So when you look at everything that is made in the world or in the universe, no matter what it is, even if you don't understand it or not, it's going according to that pattern. And um, if we can, can we get the definition of pattern? I don't know if the brethren already grabbed it. Let's just get that really quick. Mm -hmm. That's a pattern. I think he got it out of a different dictionary, but I'll get it out of the uh, American Heritage Dictionary online. <clears throat> a, um, a usually repeating artistic or decorative design. A okay, plan slow, slow it down a little bit for me. I'm sorry. A usually repeating artistic or decorative design, a plan, 
diagram or model to be followed in making things. Mm -hmm. A plan, a design, or model mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to be followed. A to plan, diagram, or model to be followed in making things. In making things. That's right. How many times did your creator said, now look, he told Moses, when you go back to the scriptures, and I think one of the brethren grabbed now look, you made this pattern according to what I show you in the mount. That's right. And this is the, this, is it any more there? Because it's no, something. That's it. mm -hmm. Okay, well, if you, if you look on what I read, when I pulled up pattern, it said pattern meant father. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. Yahweh being the father is showing the mother and the father, but it's showing himself through this pattern. And he is the father of all things created. Mm -hmm. So when you go back and like the, the previous week was saying, when we go back and we do it by that prescribed way. There is a, a, a pattern and there's a plan of salvation. And can we get the definition of plan? Mm -hmm. Plan, a schema or method of acting, doing, proceeding, making, a design or schema of arrangements. A design or schema of arrangements. Mm -hmm. You see, Yahweh purposed this way back from in the beginning in, in eternity, before mm -hmm. we even existed, before we even, it, the whole universe, everything was planned before. So this was a, a design on the chart. It says a pattern or purpose or plan of what? Mm -hmm. Of salvation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yahweh already knew it. He, he causes all things to exist. He causes us to, to, to be able to understand the scriptures. Yahweh is the one that's running these things. So when people say, you know, um, they don't understand or, or the world's in chaos, no, Yahweh got everything going according to his purpose and his plan, and he was going to do his will. Is there any more plan? Because it's something else I was trying to grab out of there also. Uh -huh. I have two. Um, Do you have like the etymology? Is there for this one? Um, no, I don't. Not in this dictionary. I don't know if Brandon has it. I have uh, etymology from the Merriam-Webster online for plan. Mm -hmm. It says from French plain foundation, ground plan. Partly from Latin planum level ground from neuter of planus level, partly from French planter to plant, fix in place. Fix in place. So can we stop Yahweh's plan? No, we cannot. Can we deter no matter if, if we understand it or not? Can can the Satan himself? stop Yahweh's purpose, pattern, or plan of salvation. No, he cannot. And one of the, the um, words that I, I saw of one of the, um, when I looked in the dictionary, it says, it says something about a will, plan meaning like a will. And you know, when, when you write a will, well, a will cannot be broken. And so Yahweh's will or plan or purpose will not be broken or will not be um what's the word words are not coming to me 
uh, it would not be deterred or void. Deterred, yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. It would not be deterred. Mm -hmm. That's the word. So get for me, uh, let me see. Get for me, I think the brethren would call it is Isaiah 8 and 20. Isaiah 8 and 20. To the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Okay, so and so to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, there is no light in them. Okay, get for me Luke 24 and 25. Mm -hmm. That's Luke 24 and 25. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Yahshua to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Okay, so he's beginning Moses and all the prophets, the things concerning himself. So if the prophets or, you know, anyone didn't believe Yahshua Messiah, when he was going around walking around saying that he is the son of Yahweh, he continued to do his father's will. He can, he, because he is, he is Yahweh manifested in the flesh. And so he, he did what thus said Yahweh. Right. And he did not, he cannot deter from that. Once Yahweh or Yahshua put his spirit within you, you're going to do Yahweh's will, period. And if you don't have that spirit, it's just, it's, you either one or the other. You can't be both. There's no two spirits in one body. That's a whole nother topic where we can go into. I'm talking about according to the pattern, according to the Godhead, that Romans 1, 19 and 20. You can see clearly that Godhead. You can see clearly the purpose and plan of Yahweh, which is Yahshua. That is salvation. He went back. There is a prescribed way. There is a pattern. He said he went back to Moses and all the prophets, the things concerning himself. You want to understand something about your creator? Go back to Moses. Go back to the prophets. Get Luke 24 and, um, and 44. That's Luke 24 and 44. And he said unto them, the, <clears throat> excuse me, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Okay, so he says, it must be fulfilled. It doesn't say have it, it, you know, sometimes or right. you, know, you don't have to do it. No, right. it must be fulfilled. Everything that Moses wrote, everything that the, the prophets wrote, that was writing about Yahshua. It wasn't about Moses. It wasn't about the prophets. It was about Yahweh's salvation. So let's go back to Moses and see what just I'm just going to pick up a couple things that Yahshua fulfilled and showing that you know going back to Moses and doing what thus said Yahweh going getting that prescribed way you can get an understanding like the 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 speakers were saying you know he will give you that understanding if you diligently seek him 
but you have to go according to the law and the prophets. You can't just go in any old way, going starting at Matthew, Mark, Luther, and John, like the churches do. And we have a lot of witnesses. I'm a witness. I didn't understand anything they were saying prior to coming into class and going having that prescribed way of, of not even that, because you can read all you can in the scriptures. Yahshua has to be the one to give you that revelation of the scriptures, that understanding of those scriptures. So um, let's go back and... Um, I'm going to pick up in Exodus where the children of Israel was leaving Egypt and, you know, they were, they were entangled and the uh, Pharaoh was, was charging after them. And I, I believe it is Exodus, the, I want to say, was it the 13th chapter? You want them at the Red Sea? Yeah, at the Red Sea. Yeah. You know, before that, I'm just going to um, just give an overview that we know that before the children had to take their lamb and they had to, um, you know, uh, uh, examine that lamb and that lamb had to be a male the first year and the lamb had to be a, perf a perfect lamb without no spot and no blemish. And they had to take that lamb and they had to kill and they had to uh, take the blood and strike it on the four... Um, uh, the lentil and the two side posts and they had to have that lamb within that, their house, their blood, and they had to eat it according to the people number to in the house. And so um, when Yahweh, the death angel passed over, when he saw that blood, that death angel would pass over them so that they would not uh, die or be killed. And that was the way of them getting out of that land of Egypt. Now, if they didn't have that lamb, inside of their house if they did not eat that lamb you see then that death angel would would it so that that was the way of salvation go out there i'm sorry i'm getting so distracted by my my baby go out there um <laughs> that was their way of um escaping that death out of the land of egypt so when they came to when they left egypt and they came to the red sea uh, Pharaoh and his hosts charged after the children of Israel. And so they were afraid. They were scared. And so Yahweh um, gave Moses uh, that uh, commandment. He told Moses, and I don't want to jump ahead. Let's just pick it up. And uh, um, let me see. This day you be out in the mud. Pick it up at, was it 13 and nine exodus 13 and nine and it shall be a pardon me and it shall be for a sign unto thee upon thine hand and for a memorial between thine eyes that yahweh's law may be in thy mouth for with a strong hand hath yahweh brought thee out of egypt Do you want me to keep continue? going? Okay. Then thou shalt therefore keep this ordinance in his season from year to year. And it shall be when Yahweh shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites, as he swear unto thee and to thy fathers, and shall give it thee, that thou shalt set apart unto Yahweh all that openeth the matrix, 
and every firstling that cometh of a beast which thou hast, the males shall be Yahweh's. Continue. I think, it, uh, I think it's, uh, it's uh, 21. What thing is this? 14. I'm sorry. I do not have my glasses on. What uh, verse specifically are you looking for? When they were, uh, when Pharaoh was going to charge after them and Moses took his rod and he put the rod over the sea and he told them to stand still and see the salvation of Yahweh. Okay, so that's 14 and I'll start at 10. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto Yahweh. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Okay. Is not, mm -hmm. is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. And see, right here, you know, you can see the, the, the mentality that the children of Israel had right here, because a lot of people say that even when they first come into class, when things get rough, they're thinking that, you know, when you come to class, that everything's going to be all hunky-dory and, you know, things of that nature. But when you come into a knowledge and understanding, when you're about to get ready to come into that knowledge and understanding and pass over um, Egypt as it was, but spiritually so, you know, Satan is going to come after you. He's going to come with everything that he can to try to stop you from coming to class. He, he's going to try to, uh, you know, stop you from getting his knowledge. You know, he's going to charge you. And so the same thing happened here with the children of Israel coming up out of that land of Egypt. You know, Pharaoh was mad. And so here it says, you know, had, they had this mentality that it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die out here in the wilderness. So keep, keep going here. Let's see what um, Moses says here. 13th verse. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of Yahweh, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. Mm -hmm. So fear ye not and stand still and see the salvation of Yahweh. The sa that salvation of Yahweh was with them the whole time. He told Moses, he said, I will be with you. I will surely be with you always. You will not see those Egyptians no more. <clears throat> Keep going. 14, Yahweh shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Mm -hmm. And Yahweh said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground, through the midst of the sea. Mm -hmm. So Yahweh lifted up that sea and the children of Israel went out to dry ground. They didn't get wet. You see, so when you are entangled, just think of this and sit back and dwell on these things. How Yahweh, you know, walked them through. He, he, he gave them a prescribed way. And that prescribed way, when you go back and you read it, it was through the blood, 
the blood of that lamb. You know, you have that water and that spirit, you know, <clears throat> that spirit um, led them. You go back and, and you read how that spirit led the children of Israel out of that land of Egypt. It was a prescribed way. It was with, through the pattern. It was the blood, the water, and the spirit. It was the death of that lamb. It was the burial. They had that lamb inside of them. And then what? They, they resurrected right up out of the land of Egypt. It was a prescribed way. That's the things that Yahweh gives us. That's the foundation. He's talking about laying the foundation. That is what builds your faith because it's repeated through repetition over and over and over again. So that we can, so that we would not have to waver, so that we we know for a fact, for a surety, you know, when we come in the class, you know, we hear this all the time. Make us prove it to your satisfaction. You know, the the apostles in the scriptures it said that they searched the scriptures daily and Acts, I believe, is the seventeenth chapters to see if these things were so. You know, so don't just take anybody's word for uh, what they say, what, what they think Yahweh says. No, look it up in the scriptures. Look, check the law out, check the prophets, see if it's going according to the pattern. If it's not the death, burial, resurrection, the blood, water, and spirit 40, it doesn't fit. Keep going. Sorry, um, 17, and I behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am Yahweh when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. Okay, read 19 and then we're going to go in uh, Joshua. 19th verse. And the angel of Yahweh, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. So the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and it stood behind them. And this whole chapter is so good. I really don't want to cut mm -hmm. it short. Um, <laughs> it's so much you can continue to uh, read here. But um, let's just let's go over to um, uh, Joshua because I want to get a point here because I didn't see this before you know, reading and, you know, me praying like Yahweh, I want to understand the, the prophets more, you know, we go into um, Moses all the time. We go into the law all the time. I, I, I want to understand what's going on and the prophets to be able to correlate and to be able to, you know, have that better understanding mm -hmm. of how it points out to uh, Yahshua fulfilling. So can we go in Joshua? And I believe it is the fifth chapter. Um, and I want, I want where, because they, they repeat, it's the same thing going on, what happened in Exodus in Joshua here. And um, you guys got to help me out because I do not have my glasses. Um, what does it say, Dr. Burley? I believe it is in the fourth or the fifth chapter where they was going through um, Jordan. They came to the river Jordan and they was going to cross over before okay. they cross over the River Jordan. Okay, the priests with the soles of their feet. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that, that is Joshua 4 and 18. I'll start at 17. 
Josh, excuse me, Joshua therefore commanded the priests that, excuse me, Joshua therefore commanded the priests saying, come ye up out of Jordan. And it came to pass when the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant of Yahweh were come out of the midst of the garden, excuse me, of the midst of Jordan, and the soles of the priest's feet were lifted up into the dry land, that the waters of Jordan returned unto their place and flowed over all their banks as they did before. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's, it's, um, it's a lot more here. But so when they came to <clears throat> Jordan, I think we missed it. I think it's the way it's, it's written in the holy name verses. Uh, yeah, because I'm reading out of, out of the King James. Mm-hmm. You want the third chapter of Joshua, 3 7. Thank you. Mm-hmm. What verse, Dr. Yule? Seven. Okay. Joshua 3 and 7. And Yahweh said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Thank you. There it is. Okay, we're there. (laughs) And thou shalt command the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the waters of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. Okay, so here he's saying, he's repeating the same thing, but this is Joshua. And we know that Joshua, who who was truly Joshua, was Mm. with Moses, and he was that light that went from before that camp and went behind that camp. And he was light unto the children of Israel and he was darkness to the Egyptians. And so um, when you read um, Joshua in the fourth, in the 24th chapter, he is telling them exactly who he was and how he carried Moses and how he was the one mm-hmm. who um, led them um, through the waters of that Red Sea. So here it's talking about Joshua here and the children of Israel coming to um, Jordan River, and they're going to do repeat the same thing that Moses did back there with the um, with the uh, Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Yahweh is telling them he's going to stand still in Jordan, and um, Moses, uh, Yahweh, he told the children of Israel, say, "Stand still and see the salvation of Yahweh." Mm-hmm. Yahweh told Moses that he will be with him. And and, uh, it's saying the same thing here in seven. Can you read that again for me, please? Uh And Dr. Burley, you got about two minutes. Okay, thank you. And seven verse, and Yahweh said unto Joshua, this day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that I, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Mm -hmm. And then I'll um, jump down to, because I know where you want. Uh, 13, now 12 verse. Now, therefore, take ye 12 men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe a man. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of Yahweh, Yahweh of all the earth, shall Mm -hmm. rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon in heap. And it and it, came, mm-hmm, and it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan and the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as they that bear the Ark were come up unto Jordan and the feet of the priests that bear the Ark were dipped in the brim of the water for Jordan overflowed his banks. 
that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up into a heap very far above the city of Adam that is beside Zetaran. And those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea failed and were cut off and the people passed over right against Jericho. So, right, again, mm -hmm. Yahweh is doing the same thing he did with Moses and the children of Israel. They walked through dry ground and, and they had that water pass through like as a heat, like it covered them. And he led them through to the Jordan River let them through the Jordan River. So um, I ran out of time and there's so much more that you can get into, but um, I hope someone got something out of it. I'm sorry if it was uh, kind of, you know, all over the place, but uh, praise Joshua and I thank you for the time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Burley. This brings an end to this evening's class. We would like to thank all of our speakers, our visiting brethren, and all other participants for joining us this evening. We hope that everyone was edified and that and ask that you come back and study with us. We hold classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. and on Sundays from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. We would like to ask everyone to remain muted until the host has indicated the recording has stopped. We will now have doxology taken from the last two verses in the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. hallelujah.